Did you know that emotions are powerful enough to motivate action? In today's episode, we will explore the power of emotions to influence decisions. We'll also examine how many use emotions to get people to do things and how to use emotions to market your business without hype and manipulation. Do you feel like you compromise your values when you write marketing copy? Does creating ethical communication strategies perplex you? Imagine the business opportunities that would open up when you take a stand to market without manipulation. Now is the time. Disrupt your marketplace by using God-inspired marketing strategies to connect with your customers. Hear how other Christ followers in business are exchanging today's hype for authentic alignment. The Joyful Communications Podcast dives into ways to communicate effectively with integrity. Here's your host, Chief Communication Strategist, Joy Caps. In the first episode, we unpacked five points about copywriting and communication strategy and even discussed how those concepts are demonstrated throughout scripture. The second episode walked us through five points of the power of your mind to influence everything, including your marketing communication strategy and copy. Today, let's unpack why emotions are so powerful, how emotions are used by others, how and why God created our emotions in the first place, what God's Word says about dealing with our emotions, and ways you can use your emotions to market your business without hype or manipulation. You know, Zig Ziglar once said, people don't buy for logical reasons, they buy for emotional reasons. And he was right. In fact, consumer studies have consistently found that 80% of buying decisions are emotional while only 20% are logical. Don't believe me? Well, think about the time you purchased something that you didn't need on a complete whim. Whatever you bought scratched your emotional itch at that moment in time. Maybe it was an outfit that you knew would make you look thinner or something that you craved because it temporarily made you feel good or made you happy. Whatever you bought impulsively probably pulled on one of the many emotions like vanity, pride, attraction, comfort, greed, or maybe even fear. Harvard professor Gerard Zaltzman, well, he had research that found that 95% of buying decisions are subconscious and deal with feelings and emotions. No matter which statistic you embrace, 85% or 95%, emotion-based selling shows up everywhere. So why are emotions so powerful? Well, let's look at that a little closer. You see, emotions are how we respond and react to internal and external events. For example, if you cut your finger, well, pain and sadness may surface rather quickly, causing you to cry out or maybe even tear up. You may even physically recoil. The fact of the matter is that emotions are an integral part of the human psyche, so much so that a lot has been written on this topic based on various studies and hypotheses and theories over the centuries. Well, I personally find the various theories fascinating. 
It is important to remember that at their core, emotions are typically short-lived reactions that lead to feelings based on our individual perceptions. What that means is the same emotion can trigger different feelings in different people who experience that same emotion at the same time. For example, you and your friend might disagree about something and both walk away feeling anger, but your anger might feel like frustration because you feel like your friend never listens to you. While your friend's anger, well, they could feel jealousy because they feel you know more about a topic than they do. Both of you have the same emotions, but your feelings have different interpretations. And when you're afraid, your decisions might be clouded with uncertainty, which finds you taking longer to make decisions. No matter which way you like look at it, a high percentage of all the decisions we make are based on our emotions and the way we feel. Why? Well, there's a number of reasons why, but basically, emotions require less effort than logic. The power emotions hold over us is why emotions are the focus of so much in marketing communications for businesses, politicians, churches, news outlets, and insert any type of viable business here. Which leads me to my second point. are emotions used by others? You know, our thoughts and emotions are intertwined symbiotically to the point that many use emotions as a tool to get people to do things. For example, many know that worried people are motivated to reduce their uncertainty and eliminate discomfort. So those people who are selling the quote-unquote guaranteed money-making products and services typically use those worries to their advantage. Take, for example, the financial uncertainty that many of us have felt, especially as the economy has been shifting. Well, salespeople and marketers, they've been putting their finger on the pain point of worry so hard that they create a tipping point. And that tipping point finds the person they're targeting begging for the solution to make their financial worries go away. As I've studied this concept, one source wrote that emotional marketing helps you connect with prospects and boost sales. Well, who doesn't like that? But that's where the problem can arise because you see when people use emotions to manipulate behavior and puppeteer people to do things without them even realizing they are part of the game, we've gotten into a slippery slope and authenticity has gone out the window. You know, I once worked with someone who was really adept at subtly manipulating those around him, including me. This happened to me one time when we were out and about, and he asked me to buy a particular book for him. And I gladly did so without question or hesitation. You see, I didn't realize it, but he'd tapped into my emotional desire to please him. So when he asked for a random, unusual request, I I thought nothing of it. Oddly enough, when I was back in my hotel room and had time to reflect alone, I found myself wondering why on earth had I bought him that book? Simply said, many entrepreneurs, business owners, and marketers, and 
politicians, and well, basically any other role that you can insert and think of. They've built their empires by manipulating those within their sphere of influence without the people they are influencing, even realizing what's going on. What is interesting is it's easy for people on the outside looking in to see what is going on, but it's hard for those who are caught up in the vortex of the twisted realities to realize that they're being duped, hoodwinked, or to even know that a little bit of brainwashing is going on. This concept and how people use emotions reminds me of passage in Matthew 7 that says, Beware of false prophets that come to you wearing sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are savage wolves. If you take a moment to think about it, I'm guessing all of us can remember a wolf in sheep's clothing situation that we've encountered at one time or another. Another real-life example that demonstrates this happened back in 1978 through the Jonestown Massacre. It was really sad. You, you may recall the story. There was over 900 people who willingly drank poison and killed themselves because their cult leader, Jim Jones, told them to do so. You see, his mind-controlled tr- techniques were so alluring and believable that he had gained complete obedience and loyalty from his followers. And he found them willing to do anything he asked, even suicide. If we use Google to research and figure out how emotions are used for marketing, a quick search will pull up 142 million results in 42 seconds. Let's look at a couple. I mean, Apple, their new 911 Apple Watch ad, you may have seen it. It's the one that finds someone stranded in a remote place using their watch to get help and save a life. Or how about Toyota? They tout their sponsorship of Team USA with the emotional story of Paralympian Jessica Long, who holds world records for swimming with two amputated legs. I mean, there's many others. Well-known brands use emotional marketing to connect with their customers, including Coca-Cola, MetLife, Uber, Nike, Heineken, Gatorade, Lean Cuisine. The list is all-encompassing. In fact, it would create a shorter list to say, who doesn't use emotional marketing? This begs the question, if the vast majority use emotional marketing, does that make it wrong? Well, since wrong, quote unquote, wrong, can be subjective, let me clarify the wrong that I'm referring to. That kind of wrong means emotional marketing that uses hype and manipulation and is not aligned with the teachings of the Bible. Which brings me to my third point. How and why God created our emotions in the first place. Have you ever considered that before? I mean, we're all born with emotions. So emotions are given and not something that most people question or consider much. You know, our emotions are a gift from God. Seriously, imagine what life would be like if we could not feel excitement, relief, joy, sadness, laughter. Emotions make life more enjoyable. From the very beginning, God created humans with emotions because Why? Well, he has emotions and he created us in his image. 
Emotions allow us to relate to God and with one another. Passage after passage in the ultimate how-to guide, the Bible, we see examples of God expressing emotions. For example, his grief and sadness over creating man are mentioned in Genesis 6-6. And his love, joy, peace, hope, happiness, and more are shown time and again. For example, in Zephaniah 3.17, it says that Abba Father rejoices of you with joy, and he quiets you with his love. Emotions are signals that tell us that something's going on in the world that needs our attention. But here's the, the rub. Many of us forget that emotions are gauges. They're not guides. God gave human emotions to alert us and caution us and prompt us to do something. And since God says that all of the commandments hang upon loving God and loving others, you can look that up in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39. Well, emotions can help us live in healthy relationships and stay connected to God and others. But beware because some emotions can blind us from what is really going on. If all we do is rely on our emotions instead of the absolute truth, we may respond in the wrong ways. Now, these days, it seems that everyone believes different truths. So let me clarify that the truth that I'm talking about is found in God's word and a personal relationship with him. We should not rely on emotions for guidance, but instead trust in the Lord and follow Him. Finally, Christ followers should be willing to interact with and feel their emotions based on the truth of Scripture. When we do that, in contrast to the unstable, fickle, unreliable, and subjective emotions, when we try to look and behave more like Christ, our emotions will be more reliable and stable. Remember, God doesn't have mood swings. And since we were created in his image, we should try to keep our emotions, our mood swings, completely in check with him and be more level-headed. Now, we know how and why God created emotions, but let's dive into our last two points. How the Bible says that we should deal with emotions and ways to use emotions to market our business without hyper-manipulation. The good news is the Bible has countless verses about managing our emotions. For example, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 tells us not to worry or be anxious and to let him know our concerns. I, I know that's easier said than done, right? In Ephesians 4, 26 and 32, it tells us to not let our emotions be in charge because they can cause us to respond in the wrong ways. That passage then goes on to give us specific examples of how anger can fuel revenge and the words we use could be ugly or hateful, but instead we should use words that encourage others and be kind to others. The coolest part about the many verses that tell us how not to use emotions is that they also tell us how emotions can alert us to negative situations, and when that happens, we should seek God's wisdom. Now, let's be honest. How many times in the heat of the moment 
do you and I pause to ask for God's help? I mean, in reality and the heat of the moment, we let an emotion get the best of us and we tend to lash out. Why is this important? And what does this have to do with marketing communications? Well, when we're aware of our emotions and God's work in our lives, rather than letting our emotions guide how we react and respond, we will pause to make a choice and let God transform our minds so we react and respond more like Him. Romans 12.2 tells us to not copy the behavior of this world, but to let God transform us by changing the way we think, react, and respond. If that is the case, then using emotions to connect our business to potential clients is good and is right as long as we don't weave in subtle hype and manipulation to get people to do things. Which leads me to my fifth and last point. What are the ways that we can use emotions to market our business without the twisted realities we see others use to get people to magically do things? I mean, isn't it easier to copy those manipulative marketing techniques? They're so subtle and, and they, yet they get so much success out of what they do. They use high pressure sales. They help people fear what could happen with things like your business could go under unless you 100 times this right now. Or the fear of missing out on opportunities unless you make this impulsive purchase before the clock runs out. Or they prey on insecurities. You know, you need this product to feel better about yourself. Or the peer pressure or peer to conform. You're missing out if you don't use this product. Everyone else is using it. The list goes on and on. Since we know that marketing involves promoting, selling, and distributing a product or service, We simply need to find ways to do it in alignment with God's word. Now, you've heard me say it before. I call the process of marketing that aligns with God's word joyful communications or joyful copy. Simply put, we use the best practices from the world and then we filter whatever we create through God's word. Let's look at three different ways that emotional marketing can be used without hype and manipulation. The first thing you can do is research and understand your audience. You know, the world says to research your audience so you can understand what drives and motivates them, so you know how customers feel when they find the ultimate solution. But what's interesting is, similarly, Jesus understood every audience he was talking to and what was important to them, but... He used what he learned to make relationships and build connections. Jesus used what he knew to focus on the needs and wants of the person or persons that he was talking to. The needs and wants Jesus focused on honed in on this void that they had in their heart and offered a solution to fill that void. As our creator, Jesus didn't have to research. But as humans, we do need to research and have that personal experience to gain understanding. Now, there's lots of ways to do this. At a high level, you you might want to do a survey, interview clients and prospective clients, use online research, make observations through social listening. But most importantly, ask the Lord to show you his insights and perspective on the problem that your audience has 
and that you solve. Now, another way to do this is to use the PASS framework. That's P-A-S, and it stands for Problem Agitate Solution. Now, here's what you need to know if you don't already. PASS is a well-known framework for copywriting. Many other variations exist, but at its core, you determine what problems bother your target audience and you describe how you know it makes them feel. You agitate or amplify the problem by showing empathy, your understanding, and by talking about how that problem impacts their lives and why it needs to be solved immediately. You get their attention right about that time, which is when you share how your solution solves their problems. Now, emotions are woven throughout, and that's going to create a connection with your audience. And you may be wondering, well, is that wrong? Well, it depends on the way that that past framework is used. You see, Jesus actually used that approach time and time again. He honed in on the problem someone had. He showed them empathy, and then he offered the gift. And in his case, the gift was eternal life. But his understanding that he showed that he had, it was authentic. It was genuine. It was real. He used a version of the past framework that was filtered with love, peace, joy, faithfulness, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Using the past framework or any other copywriting communication strategy becomes wrong when it fakes the understanding, or it's used um, to be a hook to lure someone in. Okay, so you know about research and showing understanding. You know about using the, the past framework. Let's look at this last example. Use storytelling. Good storytelling evokes emotions. Matthew Dix is one of my favorite storytellers. You can hear him on The Moth, and he does a brilliant job of weaving emotions into the storytelling that he shares. And many tell stories to trigger a specific emotional response with their audience. Matthew Dix has gotten so good at it that he's written books on it. One of my favorites is called Story Worthy. You might want to pick a copy up. You can learn a lot from that. But the, the things like instant gratification or building a better future or protecting the environment or being successful, those all weave in emotions. When a story is crafted to trigger an emotion and get people to do something, well, that is called manipulation. You see, you're making up a story or you're twisting reality because you want people to do something. When a story is designed to trick you, That's not aligned with God's word. The good news is, is that Jesus used storytelling, but he didn't do it to trick people or manipulate them to do things. He used stories to make points, build bridges, make connections, teach lessons, and create understanding. The power of storytelling is so strong that between 30 to 50 of Jesus' stories are recounted in the Bible. And we know the Bible only captures a fraction of what really happened. Likewise, you and I can use storytelling to do the same. We can make points. We can build bridges. We can make connections and teach lessons and create understanding. So there you have it. I've just walked you through three ways you can use emotions to market your business without hype and manipulation. 
as well as a look at why emotions are so powerful, how emotions are used by others, how and why God created our emotions, and what God's Word says about dealing with our emotions. Thank you for joining me for this third episode of the Joyful Communications Podcast. You know, this first season of the Joyful Communications Podcast is designed to take a dive into Joyful Copy, which is my book that hones in on the 15 characteristics found in Galatians 5.22 and 23 and Philippians 4.8. And it shows us how to take a stand in the marketplace ethically and authentically. And I hope you'll join me in upcoming episodes as we look at each Christ-following characteristic from the world's perspective, and as we unpack how and why to demonstrate each characteristic in your life and in your business. I promise you this, taking this stand won't be easy, but it will definitely set you and your business apart in a good way so that you shine His light brightly in today's marketplace. If you're interested in reading more about the definition of joyful copy, you can read about it in section two of my book, Joyful Copy, How to Show Up in the Marketplace, Ethically and Authentically. It is available right now at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and other online retailers around the globe. This wraps up the third episode of the Joyful Communications Podcast. I look forward to connecting with you in episode number four, where we will unpack one foundational motivator that is used by many today, the power of fear. Be sure to check out the show notes for the key points. And if you enjoyed this episode or have any feedback, feel free to reach out to me at joy at joycaps.com or leave me a rating and review. Never miss a show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, be blessed.